0: Join the revolution, fuck it. The fuck it button is the power button. Everyone has a fuck it button, but no two fuck it buttons are the same. Say no to fear, overthinking, shame and judgment. Life is short, fuck it. This podcast explores when guests have, wish they had, would and could press their fuck it button. I'm Zoe Lem, and this is The It part Betty Sherry Scott, aka Forever Betty, is a colourful creative with high energy and a passion for colour. After battling the system through education and searching for her purpose and her direction, Betty decided to take into her own hands. Constantly, looking and searching, consciously or unconsciously. Mainstream education felt too structured and restrictive and couldn't embrace the different thinking that Betty had. She continued to fight a personal storyline of distraction and a label of rebellion, fueled by a collection of no's and why? Betty used this petrol to drive her own opportunities from exploding sales at Bieber and creating her own position at Vivian Westwood. With a diagnosis of autism and ADHD two years ago, Betty is now using this new understanding to educate herself and others to acceptance, embracing her love of colour and finding joy in her uniqueness and individuality. Welcome, Betty, to the podcast. That was so <laughs> lovely! Oh, that
1: was so nice. Did that feel like it was you? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's strange. I don't even know if it feels like me. I'm like it. It just it just felt really lovely to hear. It. And sometimes you're just like, oh, I did do that, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you
0: know what? It's so difficult sometimes to be reflective in a very it. holistic way, isn't it, on ourselves and to be able to stand back and. Understand the the wholeness of us and where you were and what you've come through is makes up who you are now. Absolutely. This fabulous vision <laughs> in orange. I mean, honestly, this is like one of those moments that I wish, why didn't we video this? Because <laughs> we look like a full on fucking like dopamine colour, dopamine colour explosion of joy. Slash it's children's
1: like, TV presenter wholeness. <laughs>
0: Listen, it's all about the joy. We're looking, there's green walls in here in the studio. And yeah, it's... it's. Do you know what? I think we're going to go into lots and lots of stuff in this episode. And I'm kind of like, who knows where this is going to go? We just spoke before the episode of the potential tangents. You've got two neurodivergent, fabulous females in this room now. And this could go many ways. So sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> but I think that... um one thing that we clearly share before even beginning is is a, a, a love of color and i Absolutely. think if anyone's kind of trying to understand who they are and is on a bit of a journey of discovery and potential neurodivergent it is definitely one of the signs isn't it it's like
1: <laughs> oh yeah i think it's so funny like so i was talking about uh, color people yeah. in general um on my instagram and it was it was just wonderful like how when people are talking about the colour that they just gravitate towards to. And then there's some people who are like, I don't have a colour. And I'm like, "Okay, go into your room, walk about your house. What do you gravitate? What colour did you get your water bottle in? What colour is your pencil case? What's your phone case? Like, you know, what are all the little things that... You you do have a color, yeah. And
0: just sometimes if you don't, it's unconscious. You're
1: definitely neurotypical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're not drawn to anything, well, I th- well I, she says as she holds up her fluorescent pink Filofax <laughs> that still had my two thousand twelve diary in it when I f- when I found it again. Um, <laughs> but I mean, for me, color's always been joy, and oh, I yes. kind of like I questioned the whole, you know, traveling to India, Mexico, Morocco. What do they have in common? Color, color, color. And you just, and before a diagnosis, had no idea. I would have just said that color brings me joy. Absolutely. Um, And, that you know, that's would that be your sort of initial description of your it's, relationship with colour?
1: It's so funny because I discovered quite a young age, because um, I was like a little uh, childhood, like I was a wee moshar, as we yeah. call it, uh, like <laughs> uh, like emo kid. And so when all of my friends they were all like um like quite gothy, I was like a colourful goth. I had like yeah. I, I've always been drawn to colour, and just felt like always like scared at black like I think because I've always um battled with my mental health and so I felt that like whenever I, I was like surrounded by dark and black just I could feel it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me it was just about like well if I can like car myself in things that just like make me yeah, happy yeah. then like you know it'll help me it's, through my day. And it'll just well, like, it those therapy, small isn't things. It? Yeah. I, I
0: remember um <laughs> as a stylist, uh one occasion that um I had to go and do a shoot for Hello! magazine with a celebrity. And the whole house was white. I ended up, because childcare let me down, taking my two tiny little children to this white house. Everything was white. (laughs) Danger. Like, like literally, everything was white. Carpets, furniture, walls. I was like, fuck. One, shit, the kids are going to end up rubbing sweets all over the walls. But also, the impact of being in that space for that day... I got home and I literally need to get home and look at the colour in my house. Mm -hmm. For the person that I was doing the shoot with, the colour was calming. And Mm -hmm. that whole lack of colour had a calming impact and was what they needed. But I guess therein lies the differences, isn't it? It's kind of what we need and understanding as someone that has a particular brain um and, Absolutely. Mind, that and the there's a lot are of, important
1: and there's a lot of my artistic friends as well who um have said that like oh my god your house looks like so over like I love it for you but it looks so overwhelming. Yeah. But I'm like that's the way that I feel when I walk into yeah. beige yeah, yeah, yeah. houses or yeah. gay houses. Like yeah. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel like no it's yeah it's, I just, a feeling, it's, isn't it? it's a feeling it's a feeling and so yeah. I'm always just like look I get it yeah yeah yeah, I get it I love that like, for you but like no like yeah, um, yeah. so like um it's it's funny but I always say that I really wish that you I could harness like how orange makes me feel and get people to try it, it in a pot like because yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah it and when people think like oh like you're that I'm just going like far for the bet or whatever and it's well, like- or whether
0: they maybe think it's for effect or whatever but I think this is where I want to bring in our first question so I'm going to start off this episode by trying to understand what makes you tick and start off with uh what makes you happy and brings you joy now we may have well just answered that as- well-
1: orange absolutely but there's so many things that bring me joy like i love um uh, things that have faces on them yeah. i love trinkets yeah. i love um like a uh, uh, kind of 60s like futurism like um like interiors i love like textures yeah. i love <laughs> um like yeah there's so many things that like I, like i love like The thing that I would probably say that brings me the most joy, though, is actually, like, watching other people experience their joy. So, like, whenever, like, if you're in a shop or whatever, if you're in a shop or if you're in a restaurant and you look over at someone and it's just, like, if you're in a restaurant and, like, you see someone getting their dinner and they can see it coming towards them and it's just this uncontrollable, like, facial expressions, like, oh, I that, like... That just well, I think like, that makes, makes I can, me feel so
0: good. Do you know what? I, I can really relate to that. And I think my myself and my daughter, actually, that whole idea as well of when you give gifts and yes. you see the joy, that is much bigger than getting a gift. Like that whole, as you say, like watching someone's joy and especially when, you know, if someone's, eating something they wanted or they're seeing something or that, that picture of joy on someone else, it's it's a feeling, isn't it? I guess joy is a feeling, it's not a thing.
1: And it's like, it's when they have no control over like their mannerisms or their face or whatever and it's just yeah. like, oh, I love it so, so much. Um, and it's like, I think because that's like, for me like even, even when I do my little crab hands or whatever, it's just like because I'm excited and yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. And I can't control it. It's just like it's just your body just expressing yeah. itself. I think it's what a does that feel like? What, what does
0: that if you can explain? I mean, I could like I could say we we've kind of got a lot of similarities in many ways, so I can connect. But for those listening, what what is that feeling of? I mean, obviously everyone experiences joy in different ways, but I do think that heightened feeling of joy in 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 quite an uncontrollable way really isn't Mm -hmm. it it is that feeling of like it's it's beyond it's like but then as is the lower point of that with the lows which we'll talk about in a minute Mm -hmm. but that that override it's a feeling it's what does that is there any can you put it into words or is it not possible
1: it's just delicious It's, (laughs) it's like it's yeah that's all I can like Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's just it's a wonderful. chemical I think, reaction. I think I... that, like, and also that's what's so funny because, like, like most um, neurodivergent, late diag- late diagnosed neurodivergent women, they have been tried, given, like, different labels because they do have, like, they're very expressive people, yeah, like, yeah. expressive people and have been saying, oh, yeah, okay, like, you're you're totally, bi- <laughs> you're bipolar or you get BBT or whatever, and it's yeah. almost oh, like a God, rite of yeah. passage for people who... Like for really the diagnosed, it's literally oh my like, gosh. okay, so you got that first, like, um, but what I was going to say, I think that, because um, what we're talking about earlier as well, is about the fact that like, I am I am literally such a curious person and I always have been. And so I always like to think about the whys. Yeah. Um, and so like, I w- was wondering like, why that was my favourite thing and watching other people like, lose control kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely can stem back to like, when... My whole childhood and all always going up, like because whenever I get really excited about something, I just get louder and louder and louder and more expressive, and my hands are going everywhere. Yeah, and it's and I was always told like, and it's not even in a bad way because you got like when you're like a kid or whatever, like but like my, my whether it's my parents or my, my teachers or whatever, they would just be like like calm down, like you, you can't like you know, and it would always be like I'd be getting into trouble yeah for being too happy yeah yeah and so yeah. it's like what and it's just like no your joy is too much for other people yeah and so it's like i don't yeah it, i don't really understand i think that's probably why like i love seeing other people's joy no matter what and just like having like, it, it makes me really happy to see them because I'm like, your joy will never be too much for me. I always, I will sit here and just yeah, yeah. watch your joys till the end of time because it's great. But I th- but so that, that appreciation
0: of other people's joy and that sort of moment of seeing that sort of ecstatic kind of euphoria, obviously, so that connects back to yours being almost restricted and, I mean, I guess put into a box. I mean, I can certainly relate to that whole storyline of being told you're too much your energy's too much you're too mm-hmm. this you're too that you're too-. and always that's, too much and that's a, but that's the storyline as you say for for mm-hmm. a lot of late diagnosed females that that the the moments of realization that oh my god this is a thing mm-hmm. i'm not fucking crazy mm-hmm. i'm not this weirdo that you've told me I am this box this thing that you've put me into this shame and Mm judgement actually it's a thing and actually maybe you're the problem as a typical or a straight line my curly perm craziness versus your straight lines who says one thing is right and one thing's wrong exactly it's a lot isn't it I think it's it's a lot I mean in a good way I mean how did it feel we'll 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 talk about it more in depth and and as we go through, because it's a really important message and there's so much to talk about it all. And I think, how how did that feel, that moment of, of knowing it was a thing? Just that, you know, like we talk about joy. Was that another moment of kind of like, how did it feel when you had the diagnosis? Did it give you understanding? Oh my was God, it- the
1: diagnosis was unlike, I... I first went to the doctor about my mental health when I was 14 years old. And what even still upsets me is the fact that, like, I went back multiple times from the time I was 14 to when I was diagnosed 20 years later at 34. I perfectly articulated the ADHD experience every single time. Mm. I would talk about the channels. Mm. I would talk about giving, um, how I would need to, like, be giving myself permission to pee. I would talk about how um, not knowing what to eat and coming in decision paralysis and not being able to move and like um, not being able to like get up and just thinking all these different thoughts and all like basically like I was way more like I've all, I've got a complex that I'm not articulate yeah. because I've got so many channels going on in my head. Yeah, yeah. Because but just when to I explain, think-
0: you have. You have ADHD, but also you've had diagnosis of autism as so well. So I've had
1: I've had uh, the uh, clinical uh, diagnosis of ADHD, but when I went back, so I was um, privately diagnosed with ADHD, and then um, I had to go through the NHS um, to um, continue with my medication. Yeah. So on my um, when I had my private diagnosis, um, I had like a kind of like autism light screening, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it was flagged that like. It could be a possibility, but they yeah. were just testing for ADHD at the time. Yeah. So when I went through the um, the diagnosis again for the second time through the NHS, I um, had, uh, they were like, yeah, well, we definitely see this. And essentially the psychiatrist said to me, and I don't know whether or not, I, I personally really appreciated it, but she was just like... Um, if this was 10 years ago, we would have diagnosed you with Asperger's, which is, yeah. the, like, you know, the comorbid, yeah. um, like, so that's extinct now, and that is both ADHD and autism, and it essentially just means a high-masking autistic. Yeah. And you are high-masking because you have the help from ADHD. Yeah, yeah, to, so like, that almost... And so, yeah. but we don't call, but we don't have it here anymore because um uh, Nazis. Um. And so, <laughs> like, we don't... <laughs>
0: There's so many layers to this. Isn't it? it's like so <laughs> so that's layers. why we
1: don't we don't, we don't have it. And so, but when she told me that, I was just like, and she was encouraging me to go through with the, the the formal autism diagnosis. I was just like, well, what is the point? You're the person who would also be doing that diagnosis. And like, you've just told me what yeah. I would be. And so I'm kind of like fine. And because I don't need any... um Uh...
0: Are you on the medication? I'm, I'm, on, I'm
1: on ADHD medication, yeah. um, but I only take that like three days um, out of the week because okay. I get more autistic the more I take it. Okay. Because uh, it just strips me my ADHD and it's like, I need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what does the um,
0: ADHD do for the autism in your understanding of it? I mean, obviously two years is not so long mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're learning, you know, you're on your journey, even on yeah. Instagram with your, with your audience of still learning, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, so basically like, so... Where the autism wants like the routine and it wants like the structure and it wants me to like, um, like it doesn't like me experimenting with foods, it doesn't like you know, it like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit
0: more restrictive, uh uh-huh.
1: yeah. Whereas the ADHD is super spontaneous and it's yeah. the exact opposite, so that's why it kind of works together, yeah. Um, and so that's why like I love routine, but I can only stick to a certain amount of yeah. time. And then people are saying as well, like, for instance, when I came to Margate. They were like, oh, my God, I can't believe you came in and unpacked immediately because, like, because my autism needs that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what will happen is when I come home from Margate, be I won't in. unpack for months. Yeah, I'll yeah, sit yeah. there not being packed because I'll know what's yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, there's not enough, like... like
0: yeah, it, you're it, done with it.
1: And <laughs> because I am ADHD heavy, yeah. it's like autism doesn't win a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah unless I've been taking medication. And it's so funny because I took, when um, I went for my um, NHS diagnosis, yeah. I'd been taking the medication. So when I took the, you um, know, kind of autism light, um, like assessment again and the, uh, um, an NHS diagnosis, um, the answers were completely different to the private yeah. one because and I was literally like, actually, yeah. Oh, oh shit. Because like my sensory issues, like yeah, my yeah. sense like the way um, I am sensitive to light, my eye contact, like everything like changes. Like and even like, you know, the clothes I can wear, like um like how, how it affects and how it yeah, touches yeah. my body, yeah. um, how I talk to people, like it's 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 all so different and because I was, went through my whole life very much with, oh, with the ADHD having, being in the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, when he first mentioned autism to me, I was like, nah, nah. And I was literally like, I don't have a special interest in any the NHS. <laughs> um, the NHS, like I was just like, what about orange? <laughs> And I was like, tushy, (laughs) tushy. (laughs) Well, gosh, I mean, we're going
0: to, I did pre-warn you at the beginning of this, you've got two (laughs) neurodivergence as far as where the conversation is going (laughs) to go. But I am going to do my best to keep us on a track. No, 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 it's brilliant. And do you know what? I think since I have had a level of understanding on myself and I'm like 10 years on and only just learning and I have known more and more and more people that are, just discovering this, um, it's it's just so interesting, mm-hmm. and I think just even being able to talk about this is 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 amazing. And but I think and there's so much to learn. And what I want to make sure out of, of out of our chat is one, we have a bloody good laugh, but also and create some level of understanding and insight for others because I know there are so many listening that will also get from this, relate to it it might actually be useful because they're yeah. early on in their diagnosis or even idea of a diagnosis. But I want to ask you, because again, I think this is really relevant. So we've talked about what brings you joy and happiness. On the flip side of that, and maybe it even connects within, you know, any of those diagnoses, what brings you stress and anxiety?
1: Being misunderstood, feeling yeah. misunderstood um, and feeling... Like I can't articulate myself and can't articulate my feelings. Yeah. Cause as well, like especially with my autistic side, like when sometimes like I can just get that kind of like
0: overwhelmed. Well, just
1: so overwhelmed, and it's just like I'm just feeling so many feelings, and I just but I don't know what they are, and Mm. it's like, and it's it's so frustrating, and then it's like, yeah, and so it it can be very hard to articulate how I'm feeling, knowing what I'm feeling. And then it will just be coming out in frustration and anger and, like, um, and so, like, I hate, I think, um, what is it? Like, I always um, forget that saying when it's, like, something to do with, like, something to do with this sad clowns um, or tears of clown. It's, like, the happiest and, like, the, the people yeah, yeah. who make who want to make people laugh and give the energy can sometimes yeah. be the most self-deprecating. And, well, they, um, and I feel like that's... That's like, often the case of comedians, so isn't it? But, I, like, although I'm not a comedian, like, I feel no, you're like... you're a joy-bringer. Yeah, uh-huh. aha. Yeah. It's, like, that kind of, like, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and so it's, it, like, one thing that makes me so sad is the way how I treat myself. Yeah. Um. When... Others don't understand me. Yeah, and so I the self-deprecation.
0: Can... I mean, we talked about it briefly. Yeah. off there. That, that a, it's a
1: big thing, isn't it? And yeah, and yeah, feeling misunderstood. That's and not feeling articulate. Those are are like yeah, really big triggers for me.
0: Has the diagnosis? And then I, obviously you've you've taken. We, we, I think we're going to go into even though I say that on this we don't. It's not a history, and then um, a. But I, I do think that it is interesting for us to understand the pre-diagnosis story. We chatted yesterday on the phone, and I think that, and I can relate, I can so relate, um, but I do think it's, people see the forward-facing version of you just now, Mm -hmm. and they see this fabulous, enigmatic, colourful, joy-bringing human, who <laughs> seems quite often, even though you're very honest about your, you know, condition, the the diagnosis, the the neuro side of things, um, and you know, it's really great seeing how you embrace that as a way of um, acceptance for others and for yourself. So that's amazing. But obviously, we see this joyful character that's full of color and 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 as someone that appreciates color it seeing anything that you do popping up does bring me joy and this is hence why we are here just now but I think that it's also very easy for people one of the things I found and I don't know how how you feel about this that people see this joyful you're the always the optimistic you're the one that brings everyone up the energy that that people kind of think even close I mean I'm married I've got a husband they think that's the The version of you that's always there. And not being, not always being able to be that, I find something that's quite difficult to accept that other side, isn't it? That actually sometimes, I mean, one of my big understandings and discoveries more recently was I'm a fucking introvert. Mm. I thought I was an extrovert, like all Mm. this kind of like mad exterior. Yeah. So this whole kind of like colourful exterior of joy and of, of, you know, playfulness is one thing. But actually, That idea of of actually, one, liking your own company, being getting enough from yourself. And actually, I realised that I actually do get my energy from myself. But previously, I was just giving it all away. I thought yeah. I was getting it externally. But I then realised that was just giving it. I wasn't getting it. And actually, I get it from myself, which I've heard that as a description of introvert versus extrovert. But that other side, isn't it? That's then, would you say that is then... It's not the downside of this because it's a really useful tool, isn't it? It's the mm-hmm. bit where we kind of also amazing creative things happen. It's just less forward facing. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you have that? And do you, man, how do you manage that side of?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I am, um, because I also like I have social anxiety as well. Like yeah. it depends, like, I think it all depends on my company. and yeah. um, And I always think that it's like, in general, I've I live, well, I live by myself and I've and I've yeah. got my two dogs and yeah. I always plan out my week. If there's like if I'm doing something um, on one day, then I need to make sure that I have nothing the next day mm-hmm. um, and like I'm not doing anything the evening before. And it's like I sandwich things in when it comes to social things because I want I don't like showing off that other self, side of self. Yeah. I need to be extremely like, I. Even my closest people, like if I'm going through something, I go into self isolation and self soothing. Yeah. And so, like I and can relate. It's like and it's so funny because even like my mum, like she always says, like oh, I, um, and, and she hates it because she knows that she like she just wants to come and help me, but I'm like no, I can't. And and I, and, I, and also if I'm um, really upset, I can't be touched. Yeah. And that's why oh my god when I saw, uh, did you watch um Heartbreak High?
0: Uh, I don't know that. I have. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: On Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there was a scene in Heartbreak High, and it's a um, autistic uh, character. I can't remember her name. It don't escapes mind. me. Anyway, and so there's a scene where she comes in, and uh, she's really upset, and she's like all like kind of yeah, she doesn't know her feelings and everything. And then um, one of her friends goes up to like tries to like comfort her, and her other friends is just like no, no we don't touch the, and I think her name's like Tilly or something like that. We don't yeah. touch the Tilly. Or, and, and, and it was just, I burst out crying because I was like, oh my God, like the fact that that friend like knew her needs yeah, yeah, yeah. was so beautiful. And it was just like the, the care that that person was giving yeah. them by telling other people, don't touch her, this is what you need Understanding. to do. And it's just like. <laughs> but do you
0: think that that, I mean, I've, I feel like, since have beginning literally at the beginning of the journey of the understanding of it and the impacts and the tools and you you saying about sandwiching your time. I think I've, I'm still quite, you know, middle-aged woman, still just starting to understand that I used to go 100 miles an hour. I could do everything. People kind of take the piss out of, oh, it's Zoe. She's doing 50 things. She's going to yoga. I then used pole, to be then, like that, that,
1: pre-diagnosis. Yeah. Yes. So yeah,
0: likewise. Yeah. So then now I'm like, okay, I can do five yeah, things yeah. and I need to, but then I need the break. Mm-hmm. So that's a new thing for me of understanding of putting those spaces that you... So that you've started, you know, that you now, that you create for yourself.
1: Because it wasn't until like, because um, I was the same, like, I mean, I, uh, my freelance business pre-COVID and it was like, because COVID, like most people, that was like one of the biggest catalysts, like yeah. for like my neurodivergent discovery. Because I was, um, like my, my freelance business, I do like, um, like well, I used to do a lot more, <laughs> Like um, yeah. I, uh, but then I've changed a lot of how I work. But uh, my freelance business, I had uh, dished out, um like 60 odd hours worth of my time. Yeah. But I would be able to like, and I would do that and have my creation, and be able to socialise and yeah, I would yeah. literally just be an octopus yeah, in one yeah. millimiles an hour. And then when COVID happened, obviously the freelance gigs all started to drop off because they're the first to go. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and I remember I was sitting with like two clients and um, only like had them like two days a week. and uh, And I went to the doctor and I was just literally like, I don't know what is wrong. Like, I am, um, like, I can't. I used to have so much more work, but now I can't function with this little work. Like, I can't get that work done, and I've got all the time. Yeah, I'm yeah. just sitting in paralysis all the time. Um, and then um, they were just like, "Oh, do you want to try a different antidepressant?" I'm like, "No, they all make me want to die." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's is like... kind of not the not, not the aim, really, is it? It's like... So, um, and then yeah, it uh, wasn't in like. It's, throw it's... some more drugs at it. Exactly, and then it wasn't until um, my uh, one of my best friends over in Australia as well, like she told me to download TikTok, and she already because she started sending me TikToks about it because she was just like, "This is us," like we are very very similar and um yeah. but she's got adhd and autism but she's more autistic right and so it's like we're the same we're, we're the yeah, same, same same but different and same <laughs> but different and she was like like wait this is us this is literally us what the hell's going on and we've had like such a similar mental health journey from like yeah. all the thingy and i was just like shit i'm gonna like look into this um but yeah, I think that that's what's crazy is the fact that like, yeah, we have the ability to do all the things yeah. and then get all that juicy dopamine, but then with that comes the crash. Yeah. And so now with the awareness, you can now do Tools. things and not, not crash. Crash. You can yeah. that's actually the beauty live of it. like a person. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I think I mean I did was it last year, the year before, I did renovations. We we the house in I sound like a twat saying at the house in London, the house here, but I was doing I ended up doing three renovations. Wow. In one go. And everyone was like, How the fuck do you do that? That's ridiculous. They're like, they like Zoe, like one is too much. I'm like, I find three easier because I, it, I can slip mean. between the three. I mean two to be honest two would have been a good little a number in the middle. I don't think it need to be three, but it was this whole idea. It's like time
1: effective by doing it three Yeah, once. yeah, yeah. Because yeah.
0: if I'd had one, I probably wouldn't have finished it. Mm-hmm. Like but you're m- saying. Yeah, no, I totally So I needed need to, to jump between them, but they got done simultaneously. It. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm finding even being able to have these kind of conversations a little bit nuts in that it's just so much pent up on us, isn't it? It's like all this fucking discovery of years and years, 47 bloody years, and just this new understanding. Um, I'm going to jump to asking you, and I think we're going to be able to weave in um, your <laughs> earlier story within this, but I just wanted to ask you, Betty, can you think of or remember your first moment of pressing your fuck it button consciously? Or, well, It's the conscious fuck it button, so letting go of fear, shame, overthinking, judgment. But you might not have known what it was at the time, but that moment of saying, fuck it.
1: Like, yes, I've got like... Uh, uh, as we were talking the other day like i feel like my entire career has been one big gigantic fuck it button um that is led me to this point uh, or or various gig- uh, various, yeah. various fuck it buttons that have led me to this point um it's so basically like um i studied communication mass media like oh. First of all, uh, I went to college, uh, loved it, thrived. It filled me full of confidence that, like, school stripped of me. Yeah. Um, and then I went, uh, but then I needed to go to university to prove to...
0: <laughs> Yourself yes, and to everyone. Yes, myself and I know. society, even
1: Listen. though society wasn't at and I'm like, no, I need to do this. Yeah, yeah. And Again, that then really. stripped <laughs> me of my confidence I then built in college. So then I was going for an interview um, at this, average, uh, this PR marketing agency in Glasgow. And I was seeing, like... Arnold Clark and Helen Spring in the walls and I was literally like, oh my god, like I don't drink water, I drink high and brew, I don't drive, like <laughs>
0: Well of who course am you do, it's I? orange <laughs> It's
1: Fanta now since the sugar tax. But um <laughs> But um then um I basically panicked and like because I saw like other people in the waiting room and they were all wearing suits. And I like had my hair in like vintage like finger rolls yeah. and I was wearing a wee vintage suit yeah. and like you know stockings with like the, the the lines up the back and like was just feeling really super cute. Um and I was like this this makes me feel really anxious. So I left, but I knew I couldn't go home. Telling my mum that I didn't go to the interview and I don't have a job. Yeah. Um. And so I just so happened to go into Princess Square and I see the uh, Vivian Westwood um, is opening, um. And they were looking for staff, so I literally just like chap on the window and like obviously I had my CV with me because I was going to the interview. Yeah. Um. And so I just basically convinced them that they needed to hire me right there and then on the spot with um, pretty much like zero retail experience. Um, <laughs> what and- do you
0: what did you use as the how did you sum yourself up to convince him? What was your sort of unique selling point that you were trying to
1: I literally him just of? talked at him <laughs> and also talked. He about, said yes to show you up. <laughs> I think so, but also because I uh, knew about Vivian Westwood and like yeah. I already had like a, a passion, passion about it. because yeah. uh, I've been collecting like vintage um, since I was about like thirteen. Like, um, yeah. and it started collecting like Biba and bus stop and like yeah. all these amazing vintage. Um and so I uh, Yeah, managed to like convince him to get me the job there. But then I moved to relaunch Biba, and that was a dream because like I collected Beba yeah. for House of Fraser. Um and I was like blowing the sales out of the map uh, for for the UK and um like on, on Maui Map. And so I asked like why don't we have someone doing events for the store? Um, so this
0: is the whole of Fraser. So like as, as a... Uh, the as Fraser's a, in Glasgow. Cause yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh-huh. this was... So for anyone that doesn't... I mean, obviously, I'm sure lots of people have heard of Bieber. Ironically, I was I was brought into QVC to present the, <laughs> the <laughs> Bieber collection however many years ago, which is of uh, coincidence. But the relaunch was... Um, a has a House of Fraser yes. brand, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like slightly different... Price point, slightly different style, but still the essence of Biba.
1: Yes, uh-huh. aha. Yeah. Um, and I am, um, yeah, I said, was obsessed with Biba. And when I was working at Vivienne uh, Westwood, I'd managed, like I was doing events And like I was like the press representative for the store, i.e., everyone like who was borrowing stuff for shoots, like I would like sign out, do all that, Um, and I would do some styling and things like that. So I kind of created my own role for that, Uh, and it was because it was a franchise I could, Um, and so and and on. Spirit of if you don't ask, you don't get. That's how I got that position. And so I tried to do the same when I was in Bibab, because I was just like, why isn't someone doing this for the whole store, like? I'm making so much money. I'm literally just going up to bars and being like, Do you want to set up a wee bar on my on my mat, like on a Saturday for two hours? Blah yeah. blah. Like and doing all this for free. Yeah. And making so much money. And um, yeah, they kept on saying no. And then so I would ask their boss and then said no. And then it just kept on going. So then I was just getting so frustrated because I was literally like Oxford Street was like triple the size of my mat. And I was literally like the top sailed. I was like, what is going on? Didn't make sense. Um didn't I'm like make it make sense. So um John King, who was the CEO of um Frasers at the time, uh, was doing his annual walk-round and everyone is told specifically do not speak to him. <laughs> and I was given ample warning to not speak to this man. <laughs> um especially because yeah I'll, I'll just end up blathering Um and so I went in one year out the other I took a but receipt but also it's
0: like you tell someone not to do something you're pretty much telling them to do it really aren't you or is that just oh us? my god especially me <laughs> Jesus Christ um, but
1: like, so then I went and got a receipt and I wrote down all the events how much they cost a, aka zero, 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 and how much um, I made Money. on yeah. the event and how much uh, more that was in comparison to the other um, like kind of like similar shape size Madison's mine and uh, yeah it took up to him it's like why isn't someone doing this for the store why won't people let me make your store more money i don't understand and yeah. he was just like why haven't you yeah
0: why so he agreed,
1: and he agreed so yeah. i started doing it uh, so then i was doing events in aPR uh, pr uh for well um yeah events and i was also doing styling and things like that for pr for, uh for house affairs in glasgow which is amazing because that store is iconic yeah, in Glasgow. Yeah. Like, it's a different... It's not the yeah, same Fraser's, as the other Fraser's I'm phrasers. married to a
0: Scot. I mean, like, spend for a lot of time in Glasgow. It's like, Fraser's. Is... No, but
1: it's a different... It's not like Fraser's in London, like, because no, no. you have, like, Harrods and you have all that. Like, yeah, that's yeah. our Harrods. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we've got Prada in there. We have Hermes in there. Yeah, like, yeah. we have Mew Mew. Like... We've got it's more a like a henmarsh, like yeah, yeah. literally, like, it's more like a selfish, the Glasgow specific one. So it was so much fun. But my God, I was working like 70 hours and not getting paid a lot of money. And yeah. like, I mean, because as well, they did take advantage of my age. I was like 21, 22, 11. And so it was, yeah. Side so driven. Yeah, I, I loved it. And then um, I was dangled this carrot from this um, PR agency in Glasgow with this. Dream job, or what I thought was a dream job, and it had great money. I asked Frasers, Are you gonna match it? They said no, <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, yeah. well, bye. And oh, I at the time I regretted it, but now it's like it just shows you how everything, everything happens for a reason. reason. Yeah, so um, I moved over, and it turned out that it was my first experience of an office job, and yeah. so. Because of that, that's what made me realise... I mean,
0: seated you perfectly, <laughs> sitting in an office with rules and strip lighting and...
1: Exactly. And the fact that, like, because I was always in retail and, like, I'd never... Even when I was doing PR and everything, in, in events in the store, I was always up and down everywhere, yeah, yeah. pulling stock, doing all these different things, like, you know, um, just running about mad. And so to be sitting down, it was... It was awful, so I ended up getting pulled into the office um, by my boss, basically saying leave notice that I am like that I'm restless and I'm yeah, yeah. always about places and I'm distracting people and um. So they're
0: almost treating you back to that version of the university slash yeah. school version, the naughty rebellious child. Yeah. So they're putting back in that pot, whereas these other situations like college. And being at Fraser's celebrated your high energy and your, I guess it's almost that practical, physical doing Mm -hmm. rather than just scripted learning version. Absolutely. Typical. It's a neurotypical (laughs) scenario.
1: Right. So then that made me so paranoid because, and like I was talking about earlier, like if someone misunderstood because they would think that like then I'm like not doing my job when actually like I was still performing yeah and everything it was yeah. just like yeah um it, I just like panicked and I was like okay I need to run from here before I get caught out yeah, yeah. because they think they're on to me and
0: is that like what it felt like? Yeah. It felt like almost like you were going to be caught out. I'm going
1: to get caught. And At that point, and it's like, what I, did
0: you me, think you'd be caught out for? for? A, I'm thick. A thick. So That's, the perception that you thought people had. I've
1: always thought. That people
0: I've thought you were thick. I've always
1: thought that I was thick. Like, I've always thought that I was stupid. And like, so you
0: I, thought it or you thought other people thought? Both. Both. Both.
1: Yeah. And um, I always, always, always thought about that about myself. Like, yeah. and, um and that's why like the articulate, it's always so like yeah. when you say like about like jealousy and things like that, the thing that I'm most jealous of is like people who are articulate with their words, yeah. and good writers. Yeah. Like those people I am so envious of. Like, yeah. um, because yeah, I feel like what I feel like I my energy is articulate. And if yeah. you can if you're a reader of energy, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you can feel what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. yeah. But I just can't grab those words. Yeah. The words just don't come. Yeah, yeah. Um and so but the um, human
0: language is beyond just words, isn't it? I think yeah. that's is what this is I think where we're more and more coming to as a world and I mean obviously with the whole the whole fact that we're sitting here talking about something that whilst we were both growing up it wasn't diagnosed. Mm. Um I've got interesting. I've got a call later on today with my form teacher from secondary school because she was around my brother died when I was 14 I'm doing a lot of research for the book I'm writing and we've discussed actually she had quite an outside the box thinking at the time which was different for creating a safe space and and it's interesting it's going to be interesting to have that yeah. conversation wow. and ask was any signs would you have ever but then we didn't know what it was That's and that the idea of you know That's it's what
1: i get really um i I do get upset and thinking like when some people, cause I think it's okay to it, like, anger is like a completely valid uh, yeah, like, feeling yeah. to have. But like when people um, when in their neurodivergent journey go really far into trying to blame their parents and trying to blame their yeah. teachers and trying to blame everyone around them. I understand the anger. I can understand the heart yeah, yeah. and the pain because I felt that too, but also I just genuinely believe that we just, like, it just wasn't We didn't know. No, no,
0: yeah. I think it's definitely not for me anger, but it's interesting, I think, to were there any, now the world knows. I have more anger towards my
1: doctors than anyone, because they're the ones who were supposed to know. Yeah. Um, And so, like, that's, like, but I've met a lot of people who do have a lot of, like, why didn't my mum know? Why didn't my mum know? And I'm like, Why shouldn't she? No, no, the world (laughs) just
0: wasn't geared up for it. I don't think there's anyone to blame. I think it's just interesting understanding your earlier behavior. Oh, I yeah. think now we know as a world, it's like reflective of like is, you know, that I guess the creative side was, you know, is I, I don't know. It's interesting I think but it's, it's when, just interesting, when, it's interesting. So
1: that but that's why like I always think that like I am powered by. The fear of shame and the fear yeah. of like that—that that fear of being misunderstood, fear of yeah, like yeah. Th- all these things—that um, makes me work harder and want yeah. to like do all the things. So that's why when um, they were like "we're on to you" kind of thing, and I weird like that's how I felt. Took it. I was like, "Shit, I need to." Like, what if I uh, like people just start getting the wrong impression of me? They just yeah, don't yeah. understand me. They just don't get me. Um, so I went and had um went and had, like, three bottles of wine with my best friend one night. Um, and she um, was kind of just starting in her career um, in uh, PR marketing as well. And uh, we were just like, fuck it, let's uh, open up our own PR agency. Had either of us worked in a PR agency before? <laughs> no, but were we going to do it Yeah, Yeah, fuck it. Um, so it was like a... It was a, a PR and creative consultancy, yeah. uh, we called it. But we we done really, really well. And we lasted, like, um, a good... um. Like, for odd years, um, and, like, the only reason why we split up, it wasn't because um, the business model wasn't working, it was because, like, both of us needed different um, yeah, it was like ways of um, uh, management. So, like, I'm, I don't, like, neither of us, like, getting told, I mean, both of us are also near Yeah. Um, neither of us, like, getting told what to do. Yeah. She needs um, the uh, she need the uh, the the uh, goals and structure. Yeah. Whereas I uh, like to set my own because if other people like it's it's yeah, this yeah. so it's like yeah, a, yeah. a weird met and so like that kind of way and so um, it's
0: tough the whole idea of having business I've had. A business partner i think now understanding that a bit more of understanding what you need what i need Yay. and maybe you know what they needed you you understand the reasons that there's you know that it as you say it's just sometimes just things run their course and it's time to evolve and and you know
1: and she's doing amazing now. she's in um, hospitality business development and absolutely killing it and yeah. um, and i uh, continued doing freelance yeah um and so, yeah, but that, that was being, I'd say the Betty it. and B, launching Betty and B was like the biggest fuck it button. What's it the called? One, Betty and B? Betty and B, great. Betty and B. Yeah, and yeah. She's b Waits for No One. It's her blog. And so, yeah, uh, she is just an awesome human and uh, we're still like besties and like, yeah, it's. Well, that's
0: great, isn't it? Because I think, you know, I think everything at every stage of your life happens for a reason. Absolutely. And it's, and it's really, that's. journey to the next thing Mm -hmm. and the the, or the learning that allows you to do the next thing that might not be the thing the next thing that in in life is just about evolving and growing isn't it well
1: even betty in the first place like i am first betty originally was um my vintage selling alias right um and then i am when i started working vivian westwood because um, i just graduated from uni um I had this fear as i said my fear is like people might think i'm thick or whatever and blah and so i had this fear that if i stopped writing then i would forget how to write yeah um and so i uh, decided to start up a blog to go alongside betty because yeah. what made betty fun was the fact that every item of clothing like i set it up with two, two of my friends as well um each item of clothing had a story of where Betty wore the item to. Right. Um, and so we would just, like, ha- like literally have a couple of glasses of wine and, like, make up stories about clothes. It was yeah, so yeah. much fun. Um, so, yeah, it, then they stopped. They kind of both ended up doing um, other things, and uh, I just continued on and kept it on as a blog. But uh, that was, yeah, fuck I'm, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to, like, I'm, I am a dyslexic. Because I've always known I was dyslexic yeah so um yeah yeah so I, just, gonna... I they're
0: very well connected i i I think I probably am as well actually, and actually just it's
1: very common for... <laughs> yeah and but
0: but really high functioning you mm-hmm. know I write and oh uh, it's it's inter- it's really interesting would you so we talked about your earliest memory, would you say that's your biggest fuck it, or is there another moment that feels like is there another big fuck it button moment that's been quite defining? I know we've said this a lot, and I do think it's a combination of a type of person as well as as lifestyle isn't I it mean, that, that you're kind of willing to take those risks yeah
1: well. I, I literally feel like I've, I've got so many I'm literally like, like <laughs> where it do you want maybe that time <laughs> where I uh, moved to um this like so I believe that in every like little small like section of Glasgow there should be um in every single little town there should be a Chinese and or Indian a uh, chippy a newsagents and a roll shop so I moved to this a uh, little bit in Ibrox and um, there was no place to get a roll and a coffee and so I literally saw there was this wee unit um, and I'm like that's perfect and it was this place um, um, and so it's this place but it wasn't consistent in its food it wasn't consistent in its opening yeah. times all that blah blah yeah, yeah. so I just walked in and I was like hi Are you interested in giving up your lease? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave my details. If you want to give up the lease, here's my card. Um, So this was a
0: problem you kind of... It's a problem-solving kind of mentality, isn't it? You kind of, as you say, there wasn't one of those in the area. You saw something that maybe wasn't doing... As well as it could do also. And servicing. I love sandwiches.
1: And you love sandwiches. I mean, <laughs> dream dreams. Literally. Yeah. Um, I, it's a kind of running thing with my friends because like I am known for being loving sandwiches and like, yeah. rolls and everything. So like um it was always kind of a little dream for me to have um a roll shop. So um then uh yeah, like six months later, completely forgot all about it. Phone rang. He's just like, Yeah, do you want a unit? And I'm literally like, yeah, I'm sure. So um, I got... What I were got, you
0: doing at the time? What was it? That oh, you... I
1: was still doing. No, I was. I was gonna get someone else to run it.
0: Right. Um, okay.
1: I was just like, but I wanted to like design all the sandwiches, design the um the brand identity, yeah. uh, the interiors. Like um, the theme was like it was um blue and red, and we had like a little Roman mascot, kind <laughs> of like um you know those um walking like hot dogs like that you get in like um. In, in America before yeah. the movie, like, that's yeah, so yeah. the love Little mascot, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that, bought a square sausage and, <laughs> and his name was Lorne.
0: Which anyone that's not familiar, I mean, I guess <laughs> I am married to a score. The square sausage is a square that is made from sausage meat, isn't it? I mean, it's yes. like a patty kind of... Um, Deliciousness. We, the, the aunties and cousins always bring them down when they oh, come to so see good. the kids they love them yeah
1: but yeah so Lauren's the mascot and he was amazing and yeah we had the most delicious roles ever and so um, I had someone else to um, run it but uh, my ex um, basically I always said after Claire I would never go into business with someone I loved ever again Yeah. and he knew this <laughs> And but yeah I, also I I'm the type of person, if I can give someone I love something and if they really, I, I can be easily convinced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so... Yeah, I want
0: to please, make people happy. Uh-huh, Aha, I love yeah.
1: making people happy. And so I am a people pleaser. And so it's... And so I, yeah, ended up saying yes. And so he started running it. But as soon as he started running it, then my opinion was no longer valid. All these different things. I didn't know what I was talking about. Even though, yeah. Yeah. So um, when we eventually split up, um, I gave the cafe to him because I didn't feel like it would. I would be able to, even though it didn't end very well. Uh, taking away someone's livelihood from them isn't something like I. I'm like I will always make new ideas. I will yeah, yeah, always yeah, make yeah. more money. Yeah. I don't want you like I mean even yeah like, you were
0: looking you were looking I, out I for someone want,
1: like, yeah well also like I mean not like he deserved it but like the way that um, his general character is blaming other people anyway I don't want to be someone who you just
0: yeah blame yeah. forever yeah. so yeah.
1: have it yeah we'll move on but no I created it
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's left an energy trail along her way <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So we've we've talked about earliest memory. We've talked about biggest moment. Is there any moment now knowing what that fuck it button is and, and how it feels that you wish you had in past? Not regret, but like, is there moments you think if I'd pressed it then things might have worked out differently or have you pressed it whenever you felt you need to?
1: I feel like I do. Like, um, my gut pushes me to certain things. Like sometimes yeah. if I get an idea in my head and it's just like so... Strong. Strong. Then yeah, I would say that what um I've I've always wanted to get back into um not education, education. Yeah. But um I've always um really wanted to get into like learning how to sew yeah. or so learning like carpentry yeah. or um pottery or something like that. But like the thought of education, yeah. like so, like, it, that that is something, that, like, I'm very much trying to, like, work through. Because yeah. it's, like, it doesn't even matter, even though it's, like, a practical skill. And yeah. I've proven to myself that I can do that. There's something about education and all that that I'm literally, so like, it just makes me sick.
0: So the whole, the, the formal element and experience. I need to be
1: straight away. Yeah.
0: Well, again, it's the pleaser, isn't it? Or be good at it and wanting to would you say that's a comp- there's a competitive side oh, comes God, it
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> never get me flaming awfully <laughs> okay yeah yeah so so it's it's such a shame isn't it that the whole education system has created such a scar that even though there are different styles of learning mm-hmm. that imprint of of being made to feel stupid or that you're the one that's wrong i mean i th- it's it's an it's an interesting process, isn't it? And I think even um, talked talked in a, in one of the in, other interviews about with actually Rosie that's out about bullying and and actually oh, the yeah. approach I at the time to yeah the mm-hmm. approach was when she was bullied that they gave her counselling rather than deal with the bully and then be the ones that need to work and it's that whole idea I suppose with the the neuro side to be made to feel like you're the problem. That needs solving, and it's even and even now some of the the language and conversations around. I've ended up going into a teaching role now, partly in a mission to change what we both probably slightly experienced in learning and teaching from a diverse and typical perspective. But even in listening to odd bits recently of them creating a way to make the journey for a newer divergent more applicable Mm -hmm. but the end being the same and I'm like no you can't create a wavy path but to get to the same box Mm -hmm. the box needs to change yeah and actually it's kind of it's so it's not just oh you're given ways of doing audio or whatever it is to get there Mm -hmm. you actually need to focus more on what's needed at the end as well being maybe slightly different Mm and and I guess from you know anyone that's Going through or gone through any level of uh, neurodiscovery, it's that it's changing, isn't it? It's, cha- mm. it's changed a lot and that understanding. But I guess it's for those coming forwards, you know, looking at, you know, children, looking if there's any elements there. It's just making life, it's making life a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, I guess one of my questions, maybe you would be would you change it would you change the challenges and difficulties or the neuro side of you
1: uh, yeah the self deprecating one yeah because yeah. I'm just like I think that's what I'm working through a lot in therapy is um, like always thinking about like that inner child yeah and, and doing that work with her yeah because um, being kinder to, yeah, yeah and having and really truly Trying to practice self compassion, yeah, and enforce Not easy. it because yeah, it's 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 very much imprinted in. I feel like who I am, but it's yeah. something that I hide in shame because I know people are like, oh, but you're such an energy, and, yeah. and it, cause that just makes me go, yeah, just yeah, 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 <laughs> and like, but that's all masking, yeah, yeah, and that's what people I think that is really sad is that like I know that me masked is some people's favorite version of me yeah and it's like and then so then i always need to keep up to that expectation yeah. i feel like i don't need to but then i feel like okay they like high energy sherry so she needs to be like this um or no they like betty so i need to be more like betty yeah, yeah. and it's like all these different masks
0: so that i guess you know and again we're all on our journey and, I, and certainly i've had a pretty intense one the last couple of years but a huge amount of that is 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 the acceptance of who you are Mm -hmm. the building on that self-worth absolutely and, and doing I guess keeping the empath because being kind and and enjoying other people's joy is a really beautiful trait but intention as I've talked about quite a lot of like the intention being everything that your intention is is being at peace with yourself exactly. and a hundred percent authentic at all times so that you are okay being you if it doesn't suit other people's need for whichever variation, that's not your problem. That's theirs that's and your reflection. That's much what I'm working on. Yeah, it's not Because I think that is hard it's when easy. you have
1: been... and I mean, you'll know yourself, like, when you have had these masks... Yeah. And it's like, I love that meme when it's just like, oh, do you like my personality? I built it just for you. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's yeah. like, that's the neurodivergent. I think there's quite like, a
0: few people that will be able to relate to that idea. Honestly. I mean, in general, I guess, not even just the newer but I mean I'm sure especially it's yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely um and but it's it's so true and so like I am very much on my unmasking journey yeah um and it's like yeah just in being a lot more forgiving with myself and so that's why I think that like for me I, although, um, like, I mean, as I've said before, uh, self-diagnosis is completely valid and because diagnosis is a privilege. Um, but that's why for me it was very impor- important to get my um, diagnosis because as soon as I got that, I had the permission yeah. for compassion. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like, because you wouldn't treat someone who has that, like, you know, that way. So you need to, like, be better and yeah, like, yeah. blah, blah. And so it's like, and that has been the best thing that's ever happened to me.
0: Yeah. I'm so happy for you for that evolution Mm -hmm. and and to be honest with you and hearing you saying that I'm still on the journey Mm -hmm. of not having the diagnosis yet and I completely understand I don't have that feeling yet because I I kind of know based on I mean my sister even works in psychologist and works in that well and does diagnosis. I, I, so I don't question the fact but there is obviously a side that's like oh maybe i'm making this up maybe and actually it's not a thing honestly, and
1: actually that is so what i'm kind is of i'm so kind of true. there on that bit everyone there's yeah. not one person who even has had the diagnosis who's not like maybe it's all in my head and i'm thinking it's because you're late diagnosed as well you're yeah, like yeah. how did i get to this point that is so natural yeah, and yeah. it's even like um i whenever i talk to any of my self diagnosed per- uh, friends they're always just like um but I mean, I, I'm sure because I'm like, no, I'm sure because I can talk. Like we 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 have the same shame yeah, yeah. cycle. <laughs> yeah. Like, like listen,
0: we got that. Yeah, you <laughs> know, just, it's like, we... like
1: I can, I know that you're like, I, I, it, yeah. But I think that for me, I my my soul needed, yeah. The, yeah. No, like, I completely... the stamp of this is fact. Yeah. Here is your piece of paper.
0: It's one of those validations that's yes. probably worth the validation. Well, you know, for me it was—it's yeah, not yeah. for everybody, but for no, me No, it no, no, no. I, no, I, I, I think, I think the beginnings of understanding and hearing more and more people coming out with their diagnosis, like Natalie Starmy Sunday, uh, Stacey Degree. There's lots more people that are publicly airing their diagnosis to help others understand it, and I think through other people's visible conversations around it and a lot of understanding around it, I, I, those, yeah, I think the first conversations with anyone else that's taught, with talking about it, I'm like, oh my fucking Lord, there's another me, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> poor fucking world and lucky world at the same time, and Honestly, it's like, I... but I do understand that next step of getting that, it's in process, I mean, I can't really do a lot more to speed it up at the moment, apart from...
1: But thank God we're truffle pigs, though. We find each other, <laughs> like, honestly. Well, this is
0: why Margate is bloody great it's for that. Fantastic. It's like an epicentre of, of retiline. It's like... It's like... There just needs to be a pharmacy in the middle of the town that's, like, dishing it out to all the fabulous creatives. And I guess it's, you know... I, I suppose it's... It's not making it our only um, sort of identity. Absolutely not. But... I mean, I talk about when I talk about the fuck it button, um, I talk about my early prompt to finding the fuck it button when my brother died when I was 14. But actually, when I was when I was summing up what the fuck it button is, it was was that early trauma meets ADHD, perfect magic blend of like. And it's the two things that coming together that are hectic and insane kind of beautiful in a way of like the fire it gives you and actually Mm -hmm. I think one of the things you talked a lot about um enjoying uh other people's joy Mm -hmm. and I think the other I mean I would I would mirror that but then also other people's passion and seeing people get which is joy isn't it but like seeing people get passionate about things and even employing people over the years um and, and talking to my students as well, I'm like, match my effort. You don't have to do well. You don't have to get good marks. You know, you don't have to, like, as assistants, I'm like, you don't have to be the best stylist. You just need to be passionate and match my effort. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like I don't, the, the result's not important. Actually, I listened to, there was one episode with Stephen Bartlett recently that kind of talked about a similar thing. I, th- I can't remember who he was talking with, but they talked about what's attractive in finding, um, employees Mm -hmm. and and people that they engage with and it is that idea of someone's really got that fire
1: absolutely and it's that
0: entrepreneurial spirit and actually Mm -hmm. the more you look at it the more entrepreneurs actually do have neurodiversity like you know richard branson mel robbins you know there's so many people and maybe that is part of the magic of being able to think outside the box take risks press the fuck it button quickly Mm -hmm. It is that perfect recipe,
1: isn't it? The risk-taking, it's, I think, is massive because yeah. there's so many people who are literally like, oh, I wish I was brave enough to do that. But I don't consider myself no, 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 a brave me neither. person. No. Like, I sit like, with
0: a shamed head, do you I have know. bright orange? And people are like, oh my God, how like you, I can't believe you managed to do that. I'm like,
1: it's fucking it.
0: I just, like, no, really? Like, life is short, yeah, fuck it. And, and and it's I
1: don't even know. It's like when people deal. have that perception of me of me being brave and I'm like... like I think it's that you're talking normal. about a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it is. It's like when you're um, because like this is just me. Like all the orange, yeah, yeah. it's just me. And I don't. I'm kind of almost blind to it. Yeah, yeah. And so when people are like, "Oh wow," like it, all these things, and I'm just like, "Oh." Thanks. But but, but what's he? I mean, I've, I like likewise. I mean,
0: this is, I do like. This is a little bit of a twin flame moment here. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> with with talking about this, I'm sure with a lot of um, neurodiversions coming together, it's but it's that. It, it, it. I don't know, always know. I think. I actually almost think compliments create the self-deprecation a little bit because when mm-hmm. people say to you, "Oh my God, I love your clothes. I like this color, and your this makes me feel like this," and and I'm like, "You either do the oh yeah, this I was five quid knocks, you know." Or like, oh, you know, there's an accident. I didn't mean to look so fabulous. I mean, like, of course I fucking did. Like, I didn't, like, such spend hours. Answer. It is a British answer. But do you think there's any element of... Because your orangeness and, and, and fabulousness is just you, and likewise, I don't dress to impress I dress to express and mm-hmm. it's it's Absolutely. just it's a mood it reflection
1: that's why I hate packing because I'm like yeah, yeah. how do I know I'm gonna feel that day
0: yeah well my daughter and this is why kind of flags and signals I said to her are you gonna because she's no uniform at school I'm like you're gonna get your outfit ready for tomorrow because you know you've got quite a lot to do there's not gonna be a lot of time she's like how Time on earth do I yeah, know what mood me. I'm going to that's be in the morning? Me. That is literally You know, me. and I kind of get, she said, like, I haven't visualised the outfit yet. I can't, yeah, I can't get my outfit ready.
1: That's, that's autism. So, <laughs> that's the autism. It's yeah, like, it's yeah. not perfect.
0: <laughs> well, she's kind of like, I just don't know what the mood's going to be yet. I'll see how that feels. I'll, like, I'll visualise it when it comes. But is there, so, is there any moments um, that you hope for yourself that you press your fuck it button in the future? knowing what it is and, and, and what it can do for you? Or do you feel confident and um, connected to no, your gut like, that you know you'll press it anyway?
1: No, well, I'm... Um, I think actually, like, Margie, and, like, moving out, moving away from Glasgow for a bit, like, is what I'm really hoping for myself, because I've always been in Glasgow. Yeah. And I had, like, small stints in London, and then I was scared and ran back. And, yeah. like, and it's just, like, not... Like, I'll, I've always just been too scared to, and it's just, like... And even though, like in a lot of ways like I mean I am just so like I love Scotland I love Glasgow I am such an advocate for it Um, like I want everyone to go visit it's a beautiful most amazing place Um, but yeah I feel like that has just been my my whole life and all my friends have like went off and had kids and like Like, they're with their partners and I just kind of feel a bit left behind Mm. there. Whereas, like, I came down here and I just feel, like, really alive and really enjoying it. And it's... But then it's just the fear because, again, it's the autism because it's, like, I don't like change. Yeah. I don't like... Like, like especially big change. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty big. This has definitely been a fuck it button come down here. And there's also so many, um, like, steps. And so, like, that's overwhelming. Yeah. And so my autistic side is very much like although like my ADHD side is like do it do it I want this I want this I want this the autistic side is, is, is winning because it's the big fear and yeah. so I've never like I've always um, managed to do the fuck it button um, when it comes to it seems to be like around career yeah what I think, what I struggle with is things that will benefit me and my life right and that's what I'm working through in therapy <laughs> okay
0: so for, the, for, for you for moving forwards you hope you can press that fuck it button on For, on for Sherry, moving. not
1: Betty yeah. the career.
0: Yeah. I hope that for you too. Um, what We have a kind of sort of closing tradition. Um, I say we have a like a <laughs> It's a new series. We're a few in. But what I like to do at the end is to ask the guests what they would tell the next guest the fuck it button feels like and why they should press it.
1: The fuck it button feels like destiny. It is literally just like, it's all at your fingertips because you already know it's right. Yeah. You you know it's right. Yeah. So just literally, as soon as you just like hit it, it's all going to fall into place. You don't need to like, even if it is like for me, it's always been big picture. I am Mm. not like a, like I have to force myself into the details. Yeah, That doesn't come naturally to me. I am a big... So you need big... the little fuck
0: it buttons, but the big ones.
1: But And and so for me, it's just like, as long as the big picture's there and the gut's telling you, like, you know, reach ahead your, your destiny and do it.
0: I love that. It'll all it fall is... into place. It will. I will. It, it, I will. I will. I will. I do. Yeah, I think that it is. It's destiny, isn't it? It really is. And it is that connection to your gut, which maybe isn't quite so innate for everyone and doesn't feel quite so natural. And actually, that's the scary thing. But that feeling that you're not sure what it is, that's your gut, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's like, that's the thing to listen to and to and to just Absolutely. give yourself permission. And I think we've talked a bit today about the permission um, to be yourself with maybe diagnosis or different elements of life so it's that permission but i think i would yeah for sure wish everyone to have give themselves that permission to follow their gut and know permission that it's, to
1: express yourself in and whatever, whatever way yourself, that you
0: whether it's orange to. or shaved heads or whatever that might look like it's um yeah finding joy and uh and lots of fuck along the way thanks so much for joining today it's like I loved it. it's like there's there's a side of it for me which is very much like a coming home which feels weird as like oh. middle-aged lady but it is there's so much more of this and I, maybe there's more chats that we need to have but yeah. it's such a massive topic mm-hmm. that is more and more becoming relevant to so many more people Absolutely. and it's just it's an ultimate fuck it bun isn't it like the understanding and discovery of that Choosing
1: yourself, it's like like, and anyone who's wanting to go out and get it, who's maybe thinking about trying to get the diagnosis or like don't know what to say to their doctor or whatever. I always recommend like put a a note section in your phone and then write down any of the ways that you think that it is affecting your life in the practical sense um, and then tally how many times that happens to you. Um, and then it's like when you there's something about seeing like the actual proof um, in front of you. So then you've got when you do go to your doctor, you can have that courage to, press the fuck it button and advocate for yourself yeah. um, because you deserve help you don't deserve to feel the way that you're feeling yeah. and there's a massive community out there and even if like medication's not for you, I know myself that engaging with the community has actually been the most healing part of yeah. this journey yeah. uh, just knowing that you're not alone and, or carrying the shame alone so yeah
0: Such brilliant advice, well thank you so much Thank
1: you! From,
0: from me and, and from everyone, thank you Thanks for listening. We hope that some of what you've heard today has inspired you to live in the present, focus on the joy, and know that you've only got one life. So fuck it. Press your fuck it button and join the revolution.
1: Pod People.